What's up, everyone? We're here for another post-game podcast. After the Bucks and Celtics had one of the strangest games of basketball I can remember seeing. Uh, in some ways, it was probably fitting for Summer League, but I uh, tweeted about it. The summer of Mamu continues. Uh, he played pretty well on this night. We got our second look at Marjon Bochamp. Uh, so, and uh, there's an interesting point guard battle, I would say, between Vildozer and Lindell Wigginton. We're going to discuss all that. Let's get started. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win but uh, you can see me on this podcast and also hear me on this podcast uh, Monday to Friday uh, and post games, potentially on the weekends as well. But make sure you subscribe and you'll be notified when the next show comes up. Alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And of course, uh, we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day. And Frank tweeted the episode out the other night. He said, hashtag sickos only, (laughs) which by the way... It was not only appropriate, but I just I thought it was good stuff. I just I got a good laugh out of it. Uh, and then I looked at the audio, and then I looked at the YouTube numbers. And we had over 8,000 downloads of this Summer League post-game podcast. And I think part of that is the optimism around Marjon Bochamp. Uh, but there's also just plenty of sickos that like listening to Lockdown Bucks. So hashtag sickos only. We appreciate it. Tonight, this game against the Celtics, I've got to be honest, uh, I've said before that yeah, I'm pretty... I find the enjoyment factor of Summer leagues sometimes a little difficult. And let's be honest, the Bucks have been a tough watch in Summer League most years. But this game was wildly entertaining, I thought. There was so much going on. Uh, Pat Connaughton was going crazy on the sidelines. Bobby Portis was fired up. There was posters. There was the craziest game winner I can remember for a while. It, this was just a strange game. They couldn't even figure out the scoreboard. This, I don't know whether this was a peak summer league or just classic summer league. I'm not sure. Well, first off, Ken, you, I think you forgot to mention that you can find your work at ESPN Australia. Yes, um, yes, that's true. Great, that's great that's picture. your that's your that's your day job. Just as yes. a reminder, um, <clears throat> did we? Did I guess we talked about your uh, your weekend doing sideline for the ESPN Australia broadcast of the the Boomers um, basketball games? That's that's. Pretty dope, man. I was really excited. A true con artist, I am, Frank. A true con artist. Yeah. I mean, hey, who would have thought? You know, look at us, whatever. <laughs> that's, whatever. That's right. <laughs> Not that's me. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, this is just a weird, weird, weird game. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I mean, the when I think about it, the fact that the Celtics won on a like, it's not a hail mary because it wasn't that far out, but you know, like a running prayer three-pointer by a guy as he was injuring his ankle badly so he couldn't <laughs> even celebrate it. That wasn't even the weird, like the weirdest part to me was this whole score issue. Like the, the whole idea that they would think they had the score wrong, you know, flip it so that the Bucks um, gained two points basically. 
And then with 11 seconds left, they would be like, oh, actually, we think we got, we got that wrong. <laughs> I can't I can't say I've, I mean, I think I have and I have seen scenarios where the score is not correct and they have to like kind of stop the game and, and fix the score. But I've never seen them stop the game to fix the score. And then it turns out they they had it right. And then literally, you know, on the Flux final, not um Turned out to be, I guess it more or less was their final possession, right? They got that Hail Mary from Lindell Wigginton um, at the very end. But they got to have the ball coming back with 11 seconds left, and you thought it was going to be when they're winning by one, and instead they're losing by one. So, yeah, I mean, if that was a, an NBA game, you know, it, this would be being held up as, you know, the, just the worst officiating. How can they screw this? How can the game ops people screw this up? Because I, it sort of always things too where it's like I, I feel like, that's on the scores table, right? Like the, I don't even know if the refs are, are even, I mean, you feel like you take that for granted that the scores table can keep the, the game score correct, but obviously they didn't. And the officials had to weigh in and they were, looked like they were looking at pieces of paper from the box score play by play or something. So, but yeah, strange game, uh, crushing game for the bucks to lose. Mm. Uh, I was almost too upset to podcast with you tonight because I was just so upset that the Bucks lost. Well, let's another... just say, let, you mentioned if this was a regular season game, but let's just say if I, I saw a couple of people tweet about this, that even some Bucks fans were just like, I'm actually genuinely a little bit pissed off about this whole scoreboard situation and losing this game. Now, I, I'm not personally, but I did think about the fact if this was a regular season game, it would be incredibly contra- controversial the way this ended. I mean, I can understand why there are, as much as we joke, there might be some Bucks fans saying, this is, I'm actually annoyed about this. This is annoying. <laughs> I will not be one of those people. It's <laughs> it was not really game, but, the um, rings. They give out rings now, Frank. That's true. That's true. It is hashtag rings season um, yes. for uh, for the Vegas Bucks in Summer League. So hopefully this will not derail their, their quest for one of those coveted summer league rings, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, where do, where do you want to start with them? Weird game. Ultimately bucks lose. I think they were, well, they were up one Oh six, 100, but I guess they were really Darn only, up one, only up one Oh five, one one at the time. So, you know, in terms of historic summer league collapses, I guess it wasn't technically as bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, where do you want to start? I mean, I, uh, the, the, as we've been kind of talking about last game, I mean, there's a number of interesting sort of subplot, subplot players um, with, you, know, you mentioned Mamu, Marjan Beauchamp's probably the person people are most interested in. But then we also have these other guys. Lindell Wigginton was sort of the standout overall tonight, other than probably Mamu. Um, and, and you know, you've got uh, Vildoza and Ray John Tucker and Iverson Molinar, who uh, we heard the Bucks had signed to a, you know, like a summer contract. He didn't play last game. He played today. No Hugo Besson, so very disappointing. Um, that we didn't get to see, get to see Hugo today. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, what what do you want to start with? Do, do we start with? I feel like Marjan Beauchamp is probably the most the player people are most interested in. Should we start with him? Even though I don't think either of us would say he was the Bucks' best player, but he is probably the most notable one, the one that the player that people are most interested in. Yeah, I think we should start with Marjan. Although I'm just looking at the box score and I'm realizing that there is a player on the Bucks roster, S. Francisco. They've got a city. They've got a city on the Summer League roster. It's incredible stuff. This guy obviously didn't play any minutes, but it's just interesting seeing some of the names on the box score of guys that aren't even playing. By the way, Hugo, give, give, you drafted. You paid the draft pick. Give this man some minutes, for goodness sake. But anyway, 
let's start with Marjan. And this is, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say, again, it, it wasn't a, you know, a dominant offensive performance. He had some moments offensively. Again, the little things that you like to take away from this, he hit the corner three, which is nice. Uh, he had a couple other threes that didn't look so nice. A couple of air balls mixed in there. I think on drives, I, I don't know whether... I haven't watched enough of him to know whether this is how he drives or whether he is forcing it a little bit. There's no doubt he wants to try and impress and he probably thinks he's playing summer league. He's playing or making some offensive moves that again, you're not really going to see when he's playing with the Bucks anyway. So I'm not sure how much time you spend worrying about it, but uh, he has shown an ability to me that on some drives, he can sort of work through a little bit of contact and still find a way to score, which is nice to see. Um, but perhaps the most important aspect of what we think he's going to bring to the table if he plays in the NBA, it's just defensively, he really looks like a guy that can hold his own, uh, defend multiple positions. Again, he has size. One of the interesting things I saw, he was standing next to uh, Mamu at, uh, during a, a stoppage of play. I was like, they're basically the same size. They look like they're the same guys. Like he's, he's a genuinely big guy, um, which obviously helps. So I think the defense, again, was probably the highlight if you're looking for what he can do uh, with the Bucks in the NBA this year, even though... Like you said, we'd love to see a 25-point game sprinkled in here if possible. Yeah, this was another really weird game. His his first quarters the last two games have mm. just been, you know, just it's taken him a, a little while to get going. Tonight he has uh, a, a fast-break layup attempt blocked. Uh, he had a kind of like a little runner that didn't look like yeah. it got blocked to me initially, but I guess in the score it, he missed it completely. It was an air ball. So I guess it makes sense that that was blocked as well. And then, um, you know, was wide, right, and and deep, I think, on an open three in the first quarter. So he starts the game 0 for 3 without hitting the rim. And then Banks went in uh, at the at the first quarter buzzer, hit that, that late second quarter shot in the previous game. So, uh, you know, again, if your only made shot is a bank three, I don't know that, you know, that's exactly <laughs> – high praise for your where you are from a shooting perspective and then he came out in the second quarter and airballed another three uh so yeah it was a rough start i think he was one for six to start this game but then finally got settled down i think he caught a dump off pass finished the one around the bucket to get to five points and then start of the third quarter um you know he had kind of a took a uh not a dribble handoff but but basically kind of came cutting from the top takes a, I don't know if it was one or two dribbles and kind of looked like he was a little off balance. Mm. Might've got, might gotten fouled, but kind of throws it off, off the glass and in kind of a, like a little bit of an excuse me type shot. Uh, but kind of seemed to get him on track suddenly because then he comes back, hits a three. And then in transition, um, he has another kind of somewhat acrobatic uh, finish in a foul to give him eight points in the first two minutes of the third quarter. So he goes from, you know, one for six late in the second quarter to all of a sudden early in the third quarter, he's got 13 points. Um, and I think at that point was, was almost at 50% shooting. I think he was actually at 50% shooting at that point. So yeah, just kind of a uneven uh, offensive performance. Uh, he in the fourth quarter, his only basket was kind of a um, kind of short dribble pull up, looked comfortable doing that. You know, you think he's, watched sort of video of him in the G league last year, like actually looks like reasonable, reasonably comfortable kind of going into a, a pull-up jump shot. This one was pretty short, maybe like a 12 foot or something like that. But um, you know, Hey, if, if he's got just more 
shots that he's comfortable with. Obviously, that's that's nothing but a positive thing. But overall, as we said last game, they are not using this as a, for better or worse, they're not using this experience so far as a, you know, opportunity to have him play a much different role than he would in the regular season. He's spending a ton of time camped out in the corner. And, you know, basically then depending on what happens, he'll kind of cut in from the wing um, to the middle of the floor, um, sometimes get a dribble handoff. Uh, but, you know, otherwise, you know, he's kind of just out there hoping for ball, to get the ball off ball movement, you know, transition, dump offs, things like that. So, again, that that's kind of what he's going to have to do in the regular season when he's playing with, you know, the real the real rotation. Um, I think we'd all enjoy seeing some more opportunities for him to uh, to maybe be able to explore the space a little bit more. <laughs> but um, by the same token, you know, tonight he had a f- couple of drives where the handle just looked really loose. You know, he had yeah. a drive last game where it's like it looked like he might beat his man, but he just literally left the ball and it just like kind of bounced, you know, like it just kept bouncing and he was like five feet past it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, I think just – in terms of his game attacking the rim, he's got a, a bit of burst, I think, in terms of his first step. Um, but just, you know, doesn't play with a ton of strength right now. Clearly, as we've talked about, you know, he's added a, a fair bit of weight since since high school. But I think, again, you'd look at him, you'd still say, like, man, if he can get, you know, 15, 20 pounds of additional you know strength on him, it's going to make him, um, you know, an even tougher defender. And, and I think hopefully – offensively give him maybe a little bit better ability to uh you know to to hang on to the ball to to finish through through contact things like that so um you know it sort of all depends on what your expectations are i think when i think about him you know if if he can become i think i, I can't remember if we talked about this cane on draft night but i mean if he's a 10 points five rebounds to assist guy on you know good efficiency because he can hit 35 or 38% of his threes and he projects defensively. Like we hope he is, it's going to be a really valuable player. Right. And then again, that guy's going to, you're going to make a ton of money. If you can do that. Um, he does not need to be a big time scorer to be really valuable, especially on this team. And so, you know, again, I think we all want to obviously hope for the best and hope that maybe there's, there's more you know offensive ceiling there that he can become a much better offensive player that there's development, and things he can continue to get better and hopefully there is um but i think the flip side is that that you can have pretty modest expectations for him and just given his size and the profile he has defensively um he could still be a player that that ultimately plays a lot just just based on that so um i think probably the the one area that the last two games you know he's been a little sloppy in i think the fouling you know tonight he has five fouls had a number of cheap fouls last game as well. I think some of that, you know, just hints the fact that again, he's uh he's not gonna be, I don't think he's gonna be, you know, Herb Jones version 2.0 in terms of a guy that just comes in and is an off-the-shelf, just awesome defender who, you know, you can trust in in high leverage playoff minutes or something like that. I think there's still a learning curve there for him defensively that he'll probably need to figure out. But again, as you were alluding to, you really like the tools that he has and you know, hopefully he figures it out sooner rather than later. Uh, as you mentioned the size and the weight that you know, he's probably going to put on and he's already referenced that he needs to put on. Uh, I'm not sure if everyone saw. Most people probably did. Most people follow Giannis on social media. But uh, speaking of a guy that just looks absolutely jacked right now, 
Giannis is just looking insane in some of those photos that he put up. Uh, he's in Greece right now. So uh, Marjorie will be fine. He'll get in the gym with Giannis September, October through the season. And uh, just, just follow along with him and uh, you should get some positive results. And the other way to get positive results is with Built Bar. Uh, from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but uh, guess what? Your friends at Built Bar have given coconut brownie chunk the puff treatment. That's right. The coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like, you, it's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling, everyone. It's disgusting because they are, they are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and delicious, of course. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which the body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So you can eat something that tastes good and uh, feel good about it as well. So... You got delicious coconut, rich sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Go to built.com, use the promo code locked15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked15 at built.com. Let's talk about. What's going on, Frank? I, I was sorry. I was I was muted. I was I was going to say my wife came up to me the other day and she was like, "Hey," and I was like, "Oh, what I do?" Oh, and she was like, and she said, "The the built bars, the mud pie puff, whatever. Yeah, get get more of those. And really, they're not. You can't get more of them right now. They're uh, they're like, you know, it's like the the problem with them. Well, the one problem with built bars is that they're always going through new flavors. And I guess those uh those might have gotten lost in the shuffle. So I don't know. I'm gonna have to, you know." May have to lean on you, Kane. You 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 have way more sway with Bill Bar at this point probably than I do. But I, I'm, I was actually looking at it, if I could tweet at them or DM them or something to ask if there's some uh, the mud pie whatever puffs that that are still out there because that's that's my wife's favorite. I'm obviously more of a coconut you know, peanut butter guy, but uh, but yeah, that's fun for the whole family um, and a key to marital bliss, I guess. If you can make sure that your your wife has the the Bill Bars that she likes. I'm, t- I'm not married. Uh, in fact, they don't even have a girlfriend at the moment. But if you, wow. I, I, but, I put know, yourself out there. Yeah, that's right. But uh, when you hear, I can imagine. I can only imagine when you hear the, you know, Frank, I need to talk to you, or Kane, I need to talk to you. There could be a million scenarios running through your head, but the absolute ultimate scenario is that it's just a question about Bill Bar. So that's uh, that's good. <laughs> for, that's good for you, Frank. By the uh, way, did uh, Kane? It's very much. Um, you know, did you ever hear stories? I, I was a big Jackie Chan fan growing up, like the nineties. I started watching Rumble in the Bronx, Jackie Chan's first strike, a lot, a lot of just awesome Jackie Chan movies. And uh, I remember just reading something about how like they, I think he was married, but like they didn't publicize it because like they didn't want to hurt his fans feelings. I feel like that, <laughs> like when you were just saying that you're like, you don't even have a girlfriend. I feel like, well, if, if, if Kane did, would, it would be bad for the, for the brand to, to, you know, tell your your many adoring fans out there that that you are in a relationship because I, I don't know there, there's probably there's probably some some fangirls fanboys fan people out there who uh who listen for for kane and it's just like ah kane kane married not as interesting but kane single kane that's the people tune in for well i just want to make it clear now if by chance uh there is a woman that walks into the background of this camera right now i've never met her and i'm <laughs> And she's a criminal, and I'm being burgled. So I just want to put that out there. Uh, let's talk about Mamu. 28 points, 9 rebounds. 
couple of assists, three steals, two blocks, uh, and three for five from three. This was a this was a big night for Mamu. He also got dunked into. Uh, he got obliterated on a dunk, but he returned the favor with the big uh, dunk of his own. He was high five and Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton on the sideline. I was thinking about it after the game because I, I messaged out DM at one point. I said, freight train, Mamu has left the station because it is. Yeah, there, there was, for the most part, he's just grabbing a rebound. And when he grabs the rebound, it's like, I'm running straight at the rim, get the hell out of the way. And uh, yeah, it was pretty effective for him in summer league tonight. I'm not sure how, how well that would work in the NBA, but uh, this was a good game. And I was just thinking about him. You know, we should give him a little bit of credit. We spoke about you know, his size and some of his limitations on the last post-game podcast but there is no doubt even watching Mamu from last year's summer league to this year uh, he, he he wasn't playing like this last year in summer league that's for sure he does he has developed a little bit and you know I, I would say the biggest surprise for me we know he can handle the ball we know he can pass those types of things he's a he's got a, a good eye for rebounding the ball but some of the threes that he's shooting you know one dribble uh, off movement, knocking them down, just looking really, really comfortable. Quick trigger is uh, uh, some of them that he's knocked down. I'm like, okay, this is this is not the the guy that was playing in summer league last year. We know he, he's never been shy. He referenced that his three point shooting numbers are actually good last season, uh, but there is some high degree of difficulty shots that he's taken and making. Yeah, I, and um, you know we talked about at the. Uh, the concern last year was okay. The swing skill is is three point shooting. Last year, I, I've just got the his his summer league numbers so in front of me. But last year, twenty six and a half minutes per game in Vegas, five games, average eleven point two points, forty two percent from the field, twenty five percent from three. Um, took uh, let's see, he was three for twelve in five games last year from three point range. Uh, eight point six rebounds, two point two assists. Uh, this year now he had 17 points on 50% shooting in, in the first game. Um, he hit four out of five from three in the first game. What do you get three out of five tonight? So he's at a tidy 70% uh, from three in, in two games. Very sustainable. Um, and yeah, I mean, you just got to give him a lot of credit. Like he's not thinking about it. I, I think last year when he was shooting those threes, if I remember correctly, keep me honest listeners, I think he was short arming a lot of them. And that's the kind of thing you not surprising for guys who are not maybe natural distance shooters that when they get to the longer NBA line that they end up kind of shortening them a little bit. I mean, the, the best example to me was Brogdon when he was a rookie in 2016. I remember his, 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 in his summer league, he had like an insane assist to turnover ratio, but he just like short armed every three. And I think those of us who remember the way Malcolm shot threes, like that, that was pretty common. Like he was a guy that, it seemed like he needed to be yeah. exactly at the three-point line um, and not shooting off the bounce in order to – he was really good at those. But then if he was off the dribble or if he was, you know, two feet behind the line, he wasn't going to make it. Um, and, and you know, he's obviously was an older player at the time, but coming from college, right, probably wasn't used to the line. And so maybe, you know, just kind of a normal thing for, for Mamo here as well in his second year, um, seemed to get comfortable with that three-point line over the course of his – rookie season and now you know not really even having to think about it much um he's not he's not thinking about oh should i take a three can i is it is it chucking if i'm putting up threes man i mean he's like i can make threes i did it in the nba last year i'm gonna do it in summer league too so um kudos to him obviously just uh working on his game and 
developing probably in, in terms of certainly in terms of like from a shooting perspective, that's obviously the most critical thing that, that he can do is getting comfortable with those about the break threes. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that impressed me last year as well was the, the ambidextrous finishing and his comfort level going, you know, left foot with his right hand, going right foot with his left hand. Honestly, it seems like he's like, when I think about him dunking, he put that dunk down tonight late uh, with his right hand, supposed offhand. Uh, last year, I think he had a similar, not a, not the same kind of dunk, but kind of a, you know, freight train mom <laughs> to quote Kane Pittman going down the lane with his right hand. Um, you know, he just is one of those guys who seems pretty comfortable playing with either hand, maybe got a little bit of a reverse John Henson uh, a little bit in terms of being a lefty um, who, uh, who can finish with his right. So um, yeah, I mean, offensively, I think you have to feel, you know, in the totality of what we've seen from Mamu last year during the regular season offensively. Um, and then, certainly in Vegas here, just continuing the trend, continuing to shoot well, um, you know, been good to see. Not not a whole lot of room for him, obviously, at, at the mm. power forward slash big spot to win minutes this year, but we would have said the same thing last year, and, you know, lo and behold, a week into the season, he's playing major minutes <laughs> and, you know, getting thrown to the wolves, having to play center um, in, uh, in in a lot of action that, that perhaps he was not ready for, but... Um, you know, hopefully that's been part of his maturation process and, um, you know, good for him. All right, the other two guys that, yeah, is at least interesting in terms of right now, guys that we think have deals at least moving into training camp. And it's so funny, I, I as I read through the YouTube comments, there is clearly some standing for Luca Vildoza going on. And uh, there was one YouTube commenter that said, if the Bucks let Luca Vildoza go, they will regret it. Mark my words. And, you know, I, I think let's just be honest. Through two games in this summer league, if if the Bucks are looking at summer league and saying, okay, well, we're going to carry one of these guys, whether it you know, ended up being a two-way or, you know, Russell spot, whatever. And it was between Vildoza and Lindell Wigginton. Uh, Wigginton has significantly outperformed. Uh, Lucaville Doza so far, both as a scorer, I think as a guy that looks like he feels comfortable taking care of the ball. And, you know, clearly he's been, I, I don't know what he scored in the first game, but I think he had 17, he had 22 tonight, I believe. But uh, coming off the bench and really the Bucks just look like a better team. They're just functioning better with Wigginton on the floor, hit some big shots tonight, hit a couple of clutch free throws as well. So if we're just purely putting pitting those two against each other, then to me the points pretty clearly go to Wigginton. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you made fun of my appreciation for Lindell Wigginton <laughs> last season. I think it had more to do with the uh, the disgust you had with uh, Justin Robinson. That's and, right. Yeah, right. well, Justin Robinson and Javante Smart, I think, shot like under thirty percent both of them <laughs> during their their cups of coffee in Milwaukee. And uh, Wigginton came out and and hit was hitting shots and you know making making some plays at least. Um, Interesting player, you know, not, not again, not a guy that has a history of being a good three point shooter, but you know, and, and not a very big guy physically, not a, you know, not a ideal size. You know, he's not, he's not even Vildoza sized, right. In terms of, of just height um, and length, but uh, really bouncy athlete. And I think kind of knows what he is, you know, <laughs> um, you know, he knows that he's, he's more of a bucket getting uh, kind of combo guard shooting kind of scoring point guard and 
uh, you know, there, there's a fair history of, of those types of guys being able to, to do pretty well in Vegas and, you know, just give him credit for, for taking advantage of, of the opportunity. And I, you know, I think a guy like Vildoza probably, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not high on Vildoza as a guy to make the roster. I think, you know, defensively he has not stood out as somebody that I look at as, Oh yeah, that guy's going to, you know, get playoff minutes ever in the NBA. But, um, and again, I'm not saying Lindell Wigginton is, is closing any playoff games either, but, um, but uh, you know, Toluca's maybe defense a little bit when you're more of a passing point guard mm-hmm. and you're in kind of this type of environment. I mean, you could say, well, that this is kind of like, you know, the defenses are disorganized, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I mean, the, the, you've been just been thrown together with these guys, any, any, you know, offensive rhythm is, it's going to be hard to come by. Right. And he's had some nice passes, but um, I think these types of scenarios will always favor uh, guys that, that are maybe a little bit more scoring inclined, um, you know, unless you're Josh Giddy and you're just throwing alley-oops to uh, Chet Holmgren and, and Jalen Williams and stuff all day long, your, your boy Giddy, AKA Chalamet. Um, and then, uh, but, but I think, yeah, Wigginton's done a nice job and um, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of see what happens. I, I think that, you know, the thing that's interesting to me is, AJ Green, I think, was 0 for 5 tonight, shooting threes. Um, he obviously shot the ball really well to start the previous game. But I'm kind of just like, and I didn't really get that signing from a two-way perspective when it happened. And again, I fully admit, I'd never heard of AJ Green when they signed him. <laughs> and I just sort of looked up, like, watched some highlights and kind of looked up what he was. And I'm just like, my first reaction was, is this like, is this like a, another Bronson Koenig mistake where you sign a guy to a two-way because he was like a college shooter, but doesn't really project as an NBA type of athlete, NBA type of player. Um, so especially watching this game tonight, it's not just, I think, Wigginton versus Vildoza, but also I think a very reasonable question of, I mean, why why would you give A.J. Green a two-way when well, – what is A.J. Green's you know upside, right? I was sort of joking – not even really joking, but kind of talking about, you know, Matt Thomas is, is Matt Thomas – his upside. Well, you can just go sign Matt Thomas for a, for a minimum if you ever really want that type of player. And, uh, you know, obviously not, and it's not to say that Lindell Wigginton is going to be, you know, a guy getting the taxpayer MLE from some team at some point, but you know, I would always just rather bet on guys that are least close to, or, or ideally more than, than, uh, you know, NBA plus athletes. So for me, yeah, I mean, I'd rather, rather run back Lindell Wigginton as a, as, as a two way than, than throw my debt, throw the dice on AJ green. Right. I, I, I don't know. It just it seems just a little odd to me um, because I think we've sort of seen, we've seen this movie before where there was, you know, uh, <laughs> Bronson getting maybe a little harsh, but um, you know, even, even Sam Merrill, right. I just, it's just really hard for, for guys like this to, uh, to, to really hack it and, and matter. There's just a, a natural ceiling on how good they can be. So, Hey, I hope AJ green proves me wrong. Maybe he's got more to his game that, uh, that I haven't appreciated yet, but uh, you know, again, as much as I don't think Wigginton, Vildoza, you know, Ray John Tucker, obviously I don't think any of those guys are, are making at this point, I would be surprised if any of those guys made the full-time um, opening night roster. Um the flip side is 
um, you know, with Wigginton at least, they say, hey, run it back on a two-way. And, um, you know, you never know, right? I think he, he at least gave them some some decent moments last year when, when he had to fill in um, coming off the bench in the regular season. Totally agree. Uh, I also, uh, for the most part, agree with uh, the Locked On NBA crew. If you want to listen to the national show for the network, check that out. Uh, they'll have you covered with all the other stuff that's going on at uh, Summer League. And let's be honest, it's hard to keep up with. You know, you, you watch some highlights, you see the, the big name rookies, the way they're playing. But uh, Locked On NBA will have you uh, covered there if you want to go and check that out. And uh, the good news is, Frank, we've got two more Bucks games this week. Wednesday night against Minnesota. Well, actually, I believe Wednesday afternoon against Minnesota. It's a 3 p.m. tip-off, I think. And then uh, Thursday night against Dallas as well. So still plenty of Summer League basketball to go. Should we wrap this up? We went a bit long last time for a Summer League podcast, let's be honest. You know, we don't you don't want to go deep cuts on on why Hugo Besson isn't playing. I mean, that's... Conspiracy well, theories. It's a little strange, but you know, we we have been talking. They've got two legitimate point guards as a you got a contract and that makes sense. They don't we don't know whether Hugo's gonna be with the Bucks this season, but uh you'd think in these next couple of We know of games, he's not, right? We know he's not. So you could argue, okay, you know, why force feed minutes? But yeah, I I, I think we probably assume well they at least want to get a look at him and see what they have, right? But uh I don't know. We still got still got at least a couple of games left, right? So Couple games to go. Maybe, uh, maybe Lindell Wigginton is. Uh, maybe they've seen enough, enough domination from uh, Lindell Wigginton at the point. Shut him down. Shut, shut Lindell Wigginton down. Yeah, we're good. Don't, Get him ready don't, for training don't, camp. Don't risk him. Don't risk anything. That's you right. know, just uh, put him on ice for the rest of the summer, and uh, just keep those weapons, keep those weapons ready for for the games that matter. All right, let us know what you think. If you disagree with any of this, agree with this. I'm sure there'll be some pushback with the Viltozo-Wigginton conversation, which is uh, the big battle uh, over the preseason here. And uh, we'll way, pop- I, I, I will also say, I love love Argentina as a country. Uh, I've never been, but I would like to go, yes. They, I've never been, but big Leo Messi fan. Uh, yeah. I Seeing Argentina win the Copa America last summer was one of the my favorite soccer moments of my lifetime. So shout out to Argentina. If we have any Argentine fans, it's not about Argentina. Uh, I wish Luca Vildoza could play and be a level defense. I just don't quite see it right now. So, um, so yeah, uh, no, 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 nothing but love for, for, for my Argentines out there. I'm sure we have uh, dozens listening to the podcast right now, but uh, you never know who knows. Maybe, maybe, maybe Luca Vildoza gets, gets that second two-way spot we don't we don't know anything's possible uh i agree uh thanks for clarifying uh we'll be back tomorrow uh it's gonna say frank justin and camille will join me for a little triple threat action uh tomorrow night we'll continue to talk about summer league and perhaps some other stuff that's going on uh around the nba so join us for that and uh like i said if you haven't subscribed on youtube or followed on the audio platform whatever you're listening make sure you do that we appreciate it Uh, we'll catch you guys tomorrow